Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. Today we're going to talk some USC Trojan football with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. If you have any questions or comments, you guys sent in a bunch today. Podcast at USCFootball.com. That is our email address. Or if you would like to call or text a question in, you can do that too. 424 424- Two five four nine one four one. We had a really popular show last week talking about what is USC's identity. That was kind of the main point of the show. A lot of reaction on the message boards over at the Peristyle Podcast and on Twitter. I'm sorry, at the Peristyle, at uscfootball.com, the message boards there. We were talking about the Peristyle Podcast. So curious to see what everyone wants to know about today. Uh, USC just had their graduation. So this is kind of a lull as far as USC football team news goes there's a bunch of recruiting stuff going on as always through may and the may evaluation period but team wise it's kind of slow but you guys still have questions so we got lots to talk about and we're going to do that with the coach harvey hyde what's up coach how you doing well here we go buddy a week closer to the season uh hope everyone out there had a great mother's day Uh, i certainly did and uh well we've got a lot of questions and uh reactions from last week's shows so show so uh let's get started buckle up buckle up jump right in wanted to thank our sponsor before we jump in southern california tickets if you want to go to okay you can't go to the lakers you can't go to the kings can't go to the the dot i mean you can go to the dodgers the hockey uh the basketball it's all done in la if you're here in southern california there's baseball all over the country. We still got some, you know, Western Conference Final, Eastern Conference Final stuff. You want to go to those? Uh, kind of the slower summer time of the year. But if you would like to go to any sporting event in your area, you can go to sctickets.com and they will give you tickets. Get your tickets there. Uh, if you want to go to a concert, you want to go to a play, you can do that too at sctickets.com. They've been helping us for many, many years, and we do appreciate uh, them being a part of the Peristyle Podcast family. So check them out. If you need tickets for anything, uh, it's a great place to to go and and get your tickets. Um, so I talked, to Coach, last week about uh, the identity. Uh, there was a lot of spark on the message boards, uh, interaction, people saying USC doesn't have one. No, this is what it is. You just don't like it. So there was kind of a lot of talk about uh, that. We we got a question. Uh, from uh, from Ryan, who wanted to, it's kind of commenting on some of that stuff. He said, Qu- question for Coach Harvey, how would you define USC's offensive philosophy? If you listen to Clay and team more recently, I would say they, they inspire to be physically dominant, run first offense that can create chunk plays with the vertical passing game. Also, how would you define USC's offensive scheme? It seems to be a primary a zone blocking running scheme using pro style, and some spread passing or RPO concepts operated out of the shotgun in base 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. Uh, SC's preferred personnel appears to be a pass-first QB that needn't be a dual threat, tight ends that are primarily pass catchers, and an offensive line that is more agile and quick than a bunch of one-on-one maulers. 
Uh, in your opinion, uh, is it likely USC can achieve its offensive aims using the schemes and personnel groupings they employ, or is there a significant disconnect? Is it possible for a team, even with an elite athletes, even with the elite athletes USC has, to be a physically running team without big tight ends and a fullback to block or a second runner like a quarterback or a fullback? Can an offense consistently attack on the vertical passing game and shotgun without meaningful bootlegs and play actions? Is it possible? Can you point to a sim- if it's possible? Can you point to a similar college offense that's been able to do it successfully in major D one football? Thanks, Ryan and Harvey, for producing a great podcast and for all the work you put into the Peristyle. Uh, from Ryan Harvey, the guy with both of your first names. <laughs> um, so there's like seven questions in there, Coach. I don't know where you want to get started. Well, well, well Ryan, let's go. Yes, yes, no, no, no. Yes, yes, no. Okay, that's it. <clears throat> all right, let's I'll move on. You, I, I got to try to remember all of those uh, as far as I agree with him on uh, a lot of the uh, things he said, and uh, I agree with him on, uh, well, most of the things he said as far as uh, – Having series, describing the offense, it's been very difficult for me to do because I don't think it's a series offense. They have series, but they don't complete the series, and they don't utilize the series. I really think USC has too much offense, personally. I think that they should be good at what they do rather than do everything and maybe not be as good as what you, which, with how you do it. Uh, not that they don't have great athletes to do it, and they're trying to satisfy all the athletes by having all the positions involved in the scheme of the offensive side of the football, which is important, but I think you can do that a different way by cutting down in the number of plays you have and executing them better and uh, being able to complete the series. And if they do this, we do that and hold the backside end and the backside defense by running reverses and bootlegs and uh, counters and flies and different things to make sure you have a a balanced offense on anywhere on the field at any time. Plus you've got to be able to implement short yardage offense and the things you need to do when you get in the tough zone, when there's not as much field to cover yet, uh, they're a big, big play type of offense. They want to be a big play type of offense. Most of their, I would say excitement comes from big plays, big runs by the running back, big pass plays. Uh, they aren't really what I, yet they've done it grind it out down the field, but I don't think that's really what they want to do. They find something that works. Sometimes they stay with it and then they get away from it. And then sometimes they find something that works and they beat it to death where it doesn't work and they don't come back and counter with something that why they're stopping what they did so well. But as far as the offensive line is, they are a zone ring type of team. I don't believe they are a physical type of offensive line that wants to smack you in the nose or fight you or bite you or do that type of stuff. I think they want to try to out-technique you and uh, push you around rather than knock you around. Uh, yet uh, you've got, you know, you've got to respect what they're doing, and but that's what they're teaching. But to describe their offense, uh, that's been something I've been trying to do for a long time, and I've always called it a 31 flavor, which means one of this and one of those and one from this series, and and of course the tight end. I would describe that as a receiver, more of a tight end, but a receiver tied up of a tight end that they don't utilize. So I don't know what they do with the tight end. I talked about that last week. I think it's a wasted position. Uh, Coach, yes. I mean, I think there was a lot of good points in there from Ryan. 
Um, I mean, that's basically the, the 11 personnel. That's, you know, what they end up using, primary pass catchers for tight ends. We've seen the offensive lines shift. Um, there were some bigger guys with the Zach Banners and Damian Mamas and stuff. It's just, I don't know if that's like a philosophy, but that's that's changed a little bit. Um, but I think a lot of good points in there from uh, from Ryan. I do. And Ryan, you obviously uh, are really interested and you obviously are uh, astute. I mean, as far as recognizing the same type of things that we all recognize. And and uh, I thought that was really uh, good questions. I really do, because you're a little confused, too, as, uh, I think, as far as what USC is trying to accomplish. Who And we talked about the identity last week. All right. We have a voicemail question. Uh, I'll play this one for you. Here you go. Hi, this is Curtis from Moreno Valley. This question is for the coach. And... You, Ryan, uh, <clears throat> for years now, the coaches said that the read option that we run, the look on, on every play for years with slow quarterbacks should have a guy that's a threat to go that could run. Clay Helton said that both these quarterbacks could go the distance if you give them a crease. Could you please have the coach explain the read option so everybody can understand the the threat we have with our linemen, receiver, the backs we have, and two fast quarterbacks who can go the distance. Please explain, Coach. Thanks. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Fight on. Curtis, thank you very much for your question. You know, the option, the read option has been around for a long time, from the triple option to the the veer, the single option, to the, all these different things. You just read different people, and you read it quicker when you were running the wishbone or the veer option. You had to run it real, read it real quickly, whether you gave or pulled it out and then read the second guy, and whether you tossed or turned up the field, or depending what the end did, depending what the tackle did first, depending what the end did. And it was a true read. Uh, a lot of coaches uh, didn't read it, really. They They were afraid to read it. They were afraid of the toss portion of it. So they just would call a definite handoff one way or another. Uh, but the offense today, the single running back, requires the quarterback to be a running back, someone who can stretch the defense and uh, threaten the perimeter. You've got to be able to th- uh, threaten the perimeter, and when they take the perimeter away, you've got to be able to turn up inside the defensive end or linebacker and turn up the field and run with it. You see different types of of uh run option that's being run plus the bootleg and so on and uh it's i think advanced now a little bit farther because of the quarterback being back off the line of scrimmage where he has more time to read it's gone to a point now where not only are they reading the defensive end or whoever whatever plays being called as far as the read they're reading the safety the strong safety if the strong safety is coming up to stop the run, they are now going to throw the ball to the outside receiver or also to the tight end where they where they have a mismatch or someone can't rotate over there to cover them. So uh, it's really become a, a very technical type of thing. I don't believe USC goes to that depth as far as teaching that because it takes a lot of time to teach that. And they don't spend that much time teaching that because they don't rely – on the quarterback to carry the football that much. And when you talk about their quarterbacks being the type of quarterbacks that have the great speed and the great athletic ability, they have athletic ability, but they don't have 
the type of what you call uh, some of the quarterbacks that run four six or four five five or whatever it is and can take it all the way to the bank. They've got guys that can hold your perimeter, Fink can, Sears can, uh, and they run better than what they've been able to, uh, the quarterbacks have been able to run in the past. Let me put it to you that way. So what I saw in the spring is wasn't a read. What I saw is basically a keep where they would see that uh, the defense was coming down and, and stopping the run and where and so on. So they would just pull it out to keep the outside perimeter honest and Fink did run the ball well as far as in the spring game and other times and and I think that's what they're relying on I don't think they're going to make the quarterback a primary running back or a primary person they're they're afraid he'll get hurt and also that's not in their philosophy as far as doing that so I think they'll run him and they'll run him just to the point of keeping teams honest and I certainly hope they do not only on the the, the run read, but also on the bootlegs. You've got to be able to keep teams uh, playing you straight and honest and not fearing and not even playing the quarterback because they're betting that you're not going to give them the ball or you don't have an athlete that's going to hurt them. They're going to run him down anyway. So I think that's what USC is doing. Uh, they say they have the great athletic quarterback. I think they have what you call a quarterback that fits what they want to do. But they, they don't want to run their quarterback. They don't want to run their quarterback. They're going to be forced to run their quarterback if people continually talk about it like we are, and also to maintain the perimeter. Because if you don't keep the perimeter and the people outside worried about your backside and worried about your outside of your uh, offense uh, to defend, and the way they've been doing that is with the bubble screens and quick hitches and these different things, that's been their offense and outside running game. It hasn't been the quarterback. Coach, along the same lines, uh, I guess we're starting with the offensive theme. Uh, Tarek wants to know, can the offensive line become physical if we don't have full pads, full padded practices regularly? No. Uh, Simple question. Simple answer. You can't, you can't talk about being physical. You got to be physical. How can you be physical if you don't practice physical and believe in physical and, um, and, and, and do that type of thing. How, how can you practice a game of football? And you hear me talk about that. You learn how to play football by playing football. You can't walk through things and go through and shove people around. And you got to play football. you got to get after it. you got to have inside drills, outside drills, one-on-one, all the things uh, where your nose bleeds and, and things like that. That's, that's where you become tough and physical. You know, you're not having a uh, – you're not having a uh, – uh, anything cheap happen. You're not asking for cheap drills. You're just asking to be physical and do the drills the way you can do them in the game. And you have them officiated too, where there's no uh, leg whipping or anything or holding on pass block. But you got to mix the drills up too, because remember, an offensive defensive lineman has an advantage when he knows it's all run. And you go pass rush and it's all run. Well, the defensive guy has an advantage. And uh, you've got to be able to go a pass, two passes, then a run, and so on. So it becomes a realistic type of drill with your with your players. And you bring backs in there, and you do stunning, and you do different things, too, to make it like the real deal at the speed of the game. Unless you practice the speed of the game, it's very difficult to speed it up game day. So uh, I don't think you can. And I've always I'm old school, but I think... The way you play tough is to be tough and practice tough. 
and be physical. All right. Uh, thanks for that one, Tarek. And just a, a quick note, um, that Curtis and Marino Valley voicemail we played, he did leave like a two-minute version of that earlier. So thanks, Curtis, for calling back and leaving a shorter one. Uh, it's just tough to play. It's tough to play the really long ones there just because they take up a lot of time. Um, let's see. We have Eric and Duck Country wrote in. It seems like JT Daniels has a completely different skill set from Matt Fink and Jack Sears. Uh, do you think the offense will be able to adjust mid-game or mid-season to different quarterback styles if the need arises? If not, does this uh, essentially eliminate any quarterback depth? Thanks, as always, Eric and Duck Country. And it's a good point because, I mean, I think JT Daniels is athletic. He could run, but it would be more like, you know, run when you need to sort of thing. If you wanted to, and, you know, Coach, you talked about this is not an offense that they want to run the quarterbacks. You could with Jack, with Matt Fink and Jack Sears, like you could make them more running quarterbacks. I don't, I don't see that happening, like you said. But those guys have, the, I think, the skill set to to do that. It's just will Clay Helton and will T. Martin kind of do that going forward? But get your thoughts on Eric and Duck Country's question. Well, you know, first of all, J.T. Daniels is a pocket quarterback. He does, he can run the football. He has done it in high school with a different speed, but I don't think you want to jeopardize uh, him uh, being injured because he's a young kid coming in and he's had great success and you're depending on him. And uh, there's always that injury factor. Yet there's uh, that factor too, that you got to become a better football player. And if he's going to play, sometimes you got to take a chance of letting kids play. And, uh, you know, I think it's very important that a team gets used to a a person who's going to be their leader. I think it's very important as soon as you can decide who your spot starter is. So they gain the confidence in his voice. And uh, when they look at each other, they know what's going on between receivers. You can't rotate quarterbacks. You can't rotate receivers. They've, they learn to communicate. They know that they know each other. Uh, they know exactly uh, what to expect on a break or what he's thinking or his rhythm of the snap counter. Whatever. So I think it's really important whoever becomes a quarterback at USC. I think that that guy is given an opportunity to be the leader of that team. Now, I think that USC and the coaching staff have a real true opinion of the two guys that are there. I think the big decision is, is JT Daniels. How does he fit in? That's the person they need to evaluate. I think that the others will compete, but I think they need to find out just how good JT is as far as competition with these other quarterbacks, and if he's the answer. And they got to give him the opportunity to be that guy. Yet the other two, you uh, are, you know they're going to compete. I mentioned that last week. They're not going to let him walk in and take their job. But I think it's very important, and everybody's talking about this, and there's this anticipation, I think, among everybody, including the players and the media and new fans, about just what's going to happen with this quarterback situation. But that's the big question mark right now on the offensive side of the ball. How many games can they win with what they currently have? And how much better can they get with JT Daniels? I think that's the opinion that everybody is trying to make. If you read the preseason magazines, and I haven't, I think this is the question mark that everyone's talking about. How good is he? How can he fit in uh, and, and the surrounding cast of what they have around him? So, uh, you know, no, he's not going to be a, a, a runner 
And, uh, you know, when I talk about a running quarterback like we talked about with this type of offense, I'm talking about a guy that could be a receiver. If you look at some of the top quarterbacks in the country that are athletes playing quarterback, they could be a safety. They could have been a receiver. They could have played a lot of different positions. But at USC, when you look at their quarterbacks, they're strictly quarterbacks. Strictly quarterbacks. I couldn't forecast those three kids playing any other position on the team. So I think that's something you have to realize when you look at the talent level and what they're playing with at USC and what they're trying to do. This is why I have always advocated the two-back offense with these type of quarterbacks. Yeah, Coach, that's, uh, that's very interesting as far as quarterbacks go. Would you say, was Randall Cunningham a running quarterback for you back in the day at UNLV? Oh, he was a, he was a running quarterback, but we didn't allow him to run. We basically didn't want him to uh, have all that pressure. He he didn't really run a lot for us, but obviously, as you know, when he went to the NFL, he was leading rusher as far as quarterbacks and might still be the leading rusher in NFL history as far as so far. Well, he's in the top three, I think, anyway, as far as rushing. The, he, 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 didn't, he didn't know how to slide. Those days, they leaped and went over people. And, and if you remember Elway, the way he used to jump into the end zone and all these different things, yeah, this has come along the sliding portion of it over the last 10 years as far as not getting your quarterbacks injured because of the speed and the targeting and the different things that have gone along with it. I can understand it. You can't lose a quarterback. But Randall could run, and uh, he was the third down back for the Eagles. They put him in on the most uh, difficult down in football, third down and long. He would go in the game because he had the opportunity to run the ball or throw the ball or make a big play. So he was this type of athlete. He came along early in today's uh, game of college football. Not that he wasn't a phenom. He was a phenom. But I can't imagine him in the, today's game. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, he was something special. So it's uh, very fortunate you got to coach him. Uh, just, it's just someone special I always loved watching. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. Mike in uh, Lakeview Terrace said, I was wondering your thoughts on the Trojans' potential pass rush. For 2018, the Trojans were second in the country only to Clemson last year with 43 team sacks. I would like to hear your predictions on uh, whether they can approach that number or or even best it this coming season. Thanks for all you guys do. For us Trojan fanatics, Mike and Lakeview Terrace. Yeah, I think they can approach it. Uh, the reason why I do, they're an attacking type of defense. Their defense allows this. Now, they give up some plays. If you can't cover in the corner and do some things, they're good. people are going to get big plays on you. And if they break the line of scrimmage when you're stunning and you're going up the field and they're going the other way, well, you don't have much pursuit. But if you contain and you stay in your lanes and you get after people, you got a great shot. And uh, if he continues with his philosophy of what he did last year and with great skilled kids with great quickness and so on yeah you expect to sack the quarterback when you run this type of defense this is what the defense is predicated on getting after people playing on their side of the line of scrimmage confusion for the offensive side of the football this is a whole thing that pentagrass does but again you heard me last week when you said what's my biggest concern it's not the defensive line it's the corner position because when you have this type of of defensive play, your safeties, your corners, those people really have to be great cover people. But he also brings the corners. He also brings the safeties a lot. So those corners are on their own an awful lot during the game. And 
you've got to depend on them not breaking down or pass interference or or holding or some damn thing that uh, ruins the play. So, uh, yes, I think he can get a lot of sacks because that's the philosophy of USC's uh, defense. Get after you. Play on their side of the football. Don't lose contain. And don't allow a breakdown. Because if you do, they get a big play. Yeah, I'm curious to see. That was a big number, um, obviously. And, you know, you give up, like Coach said, you give up some big plays in the passing game. Um, you get Porter Gustin back. Uh, you know, losing a guy like Rasheem Green, um, you know, someone who made a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage, Echenna and Wusu. But, you know, having Gustin back there, I'm curious to see how big of a year he ends up having. You know, does he have like a 13 sack year or something like that? That would be pretty huge, you know, if he's able to do something like that. So, um, but the, the aggressive style, I think they have a chance because it's just a philosophy. You talk about identity and all that kind of stuff. I do feel, and I know some people don't agree with it, I do feel that Clancy Pendergast does have more of an identity on the defensive side of the football. It's attacking, it's aggressive, it's a lot of nickel. They'll make adjustments when they need to, but there's it's just something that they like to have their, their foot on the gas pedal and, and go after it. So I think just the nature of the defense, like Coach said, you could see that number uh, being approached. And maybe you see some, you know, one of the younger linebackers who knows? Uh, Levi Jones or something has a big year and 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 gets to the quarterback a lot. I don't. We don't even know who's going to be playing, but um, I think there's some potential there, and they're going to rotate more guys and maybe fresher guys. Uh, you get you know helps you you know get to the quarterback a little bit more. We'll see, but I think there's some opportunities there. That was already a big number from last year, and they they got a chance to to get something close to that. Well, you've got to shoot for that number because, or you know, I'm not saying it's going to be the same number. You hope it's more. But I'm saying that's the philosophy of the defense. You got to get after people, and you rely on that. So you got to make sure you do get uh, your share of uh, tackles behind the line of scrimmage. All right, we got one last question for you, Coach. Uh, our buddy Nick in Cyprus. He's Big Nick, 21 USC from the P. Happy Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day weekend to you too, Big Nick. Um, question is short and sweet. Who are some of the guys to look out for in the season home opener against UNLV? And who are the stars on the team? I don't know how familiar you are. I'm not very familiar. I don't know if you are, Coach, uh, with the UNLV team. Well, they have a, a very athletic quarterback back. Uh, uh, he started last year as a freshman, did a good job. Uh, they've got some outstanding running backs. They have three or four outstanding running backs. I would say the strength of their uh, their offense is their quarterback and running backs. They've got to replace a couple of offensive linemen. Uh, obviously they're not as big or physical as USC. Uh, they've got some receivers that can play. Uh, I think that, uh, their special teams are solid. I think that on the defensive side of the ball is where they had most of their problems last year. I mean, they were up, uh, on teams like, you know, 30 to seven, the air force Academy ended up losing that game and other games like that similar. Uh, because uh, their defense just got worn down. Now, they've taken in, I think, three or four, maybe more junior college transfers to try to replace some of these defensive linemen and linemen and linebackers to, and a couple of corners they got uh, to try to strengthen their defense. They made a change in the defensive coordinator, uh, which uh, is something that uh, they thought they needed to do. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, uh, they don't. Uh, this is their biggest game of the year, as far as a non-conference game and their money game. And coming to Southern California is huge for them because 
of the recruits that they recruit in Southern California as any other team comes to the Coliseum. Uh, but uh, they're not as physical as USC. They shouldn't be. Uh, they don't have the athletes that USC have. They shouldn't have. And uh, the budgets and all the other things that go along with it. But they'll play hard. And Tony Sanchez will get them to play hard. Uh, last year, you know, they 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 went to Ohio State. And this uh, couple years before that, they played UCLA back-to-back. So, you know, they'll come into Southern California. They'll have a great following here. They'll play hard. It's a great opener for the Trojans. And uh, I'm hoping that it isn't a blowout. I am. I'm hoping it isn't a blowout. I hope it is a tough football game for both. Obviously, you know, having coached at UNLV, I want to see them have a good football program. And I also want to see USC get something out of the game. Because if it isn't a good game, then how do they get their team conditioned as far as for Stanford the next week? So you want to leave your players in the game. You want them challenged. You want them to be up against tough players so that when they go to Stanford, they've seen the looks, they've seen the physicality, they've had to play a full football game. And then also it makes a great game for the crowd and also for UNLV. So I think it's very important that both teams uh, have a great showing. And I think it's very, very important that the Trojans really, really uh, look good in this game and be polished because they're going to have it – it backs up against the wall with the next two road games. True, Coach. It's uh, it's really important to get off to a good start. Uh, whoever the new quarterback is, uh, get to, get get something positive going. It didn't really help Max Brown two years ago because he had to open, uh, you know, far away from home against Alabama. At least you get a home game for whoever ends up being the quarterback, and uh, then it sets you up hopefully a little bit better for the two tough road games uh, at Stanford and at. Texas. All right, coach. Well, that's what we have today. We had a bunch of good questions and uh, people, I love the, the, you know, philosophical questions about what this offense should be or where it's going or what it does. Um, and will it be different this year? We just, we just don't know. We've heard the talk. We'll see what it ends up looking like. And uh, that's why I'm really looking forward to this summer to see what the workouts look like. And then of course, fall camp when they put the pads on and everything and, and get ready for that opener at UNLV we were just talking about. Well, it should be an interesting summer, and again, uh, you know, to see if all the kids get in school, the recruits, it's all part of it. And uh, the blue shirts, who they're going to be, and as they form their huddle for the summer, and they get ready for the fall camp, because uh, it's going to be a uh, interesting season. I think we all agree with that, as far as without Sam Darnold for the first time in a couple of years, in an inter- interesting and very tough uh, schedule, I would say. Uh, for USC with two of the first three games on the road. And, of course, uh, I don't know. I still think they should win the Pac-12. I'm going to say that now if they live up to their potential and get it done. I really do think they can. I think Utah's the team to challenge them in the South. Yeah, I agree with you there. So watch out for Arizona. They could be uh, they could be somewhat to, to uh, worry about with Khalil Tate and that young defense and a new coach. All right, Coach. Well, great stuff. We appreciate you uh, coming on, as always. Look forward to uh, shows down the line and keep sending those questions in. A lot of really good questions and uh, helps us get through the offseason talking all about USC football as we anticipate the 2018 season. Again, Ryan, I want to thank you and all of our listeners out there. We want to thank you for the questions, and uh, you have a great week, and we'll be back next week. Sounds good. All right, that's Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham, your host. 
Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 